The middle-aged candy store. The middle-aged candy store. Have a good time. Try lemon and lime at the middle-aged candy store. The candy is sweet, it's true. Though it may seem bitter to you. Wave back at the years, the trials and the tears, the cigarettes and beers, the faces you love, the things, the things you're sorry for. Come in for a spell, there's caramel at the middle-aged candy store. look fantastic. I knew it was a good idea to ask you to put up some new shelves. Why, thank you, ma'am. Yes, I always say there's nothing like good, solid wood. Something you can really put your hand on and say, yep, that's there. Not like this new-fangled metal junk. I wouldn't call these old metal shelves newfangled. They've been up since I opened in 1973. Yes, sirree. New fangled junk. That's what I call it. Imagine thinking a shelf is old when it's only been up for 48 years. Why, in my day, I... Okay, Skip. Enough chitter-chatter. You put the jars back on the shelf while I take this out to the dumpster. And mind you, dust the jars. And don't sneak any of those twigs in there like you did last time. I know you think they taste like licorice, but the customers complained. Yes, ma'am. They do so taste like licorice. Here we go. Well, I guess this is goodbye, shelves. Don't worry. I'm sure you'll get melted down and turned into something. Yar, pardon me. Would you be happening to be throwing them shelves away? What? Who are you? I'd be interested in them shelves if he no longer wants them. Well, no, I was just going to put them in the dumpster. Dumpster? Never! That metal's worth its weight in coal. Woman, don't you know that all throughout this city, desperate crews of scrap metal men trawl the streets for your metal trash? Scrap metal men? Aye! Have you never put an old stove out on the street to find it gone not ten minutes later? To be melted down and sold for scrap value? That be the scrap metal men, and a rough lot of no-good lovers they be to a man. Band of sexist pigs, if you ask me. I see. And are you also a scrap metal man? Nar, I'd be much better than that. I'd be the scrap metal woman. Hark to me song, and I'll tell you all about it. In my flatbed truck I ride, ear to the ground and eyes to the sky. Through city streets I seek and find that lovely metal is that music coming from? Your neighbors were throwing out their old piano. There be good metal in them wires. No metal hides from my embrace. No copper wire or old steel safe. No fridge or stove or rusted gate. I'll grab that metal booty yard. Scrapper men may think they're bold They laugh because they say I'm old No girl can grasp the 
turns to curses sweet when I sweep out the city streets. They got with metal ducks and sheets. That lovely metal booty yard. A scrapper woman's coming in. Watch out, you men. My boat of tin I find and sell and roll and do. From your lovely metal booty yard. Yes, watch out for I'm here to go. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to episode one of my podcast. For those of you not up to date, uh, yes, I am the monkey from the animated cartoon Rockarola, once known as Bunky and now going by my full name, Bunkford. And uh, it's been a difficult transition for me from cartoons, but uh, I'm still moving forward, I guess. I found out that I don't actually have a SAG membership, so I can't act and I'm still fighting uh, Rockarola's parent company, Spectrumopolis uh, Communications, over my own name. Basically, they say that everything I do or say is their intellectual property. And now I found out that I can't run a therapy group for other cartoon animals either because you need a license to run a therapy group, and they won't license animals. Of course, I found all of this out after I studied for and, and passed all the exams over several months, but what I am allowed to do is talk, and so here I am, podcasting with everyone else in the universe, so <laughs> welcome to episode one, I guess. My guest today is another famous and wonderful cartoon actor, reader of nursery tales to millions of children, the beloved duck matriarch, Mother Ducker. Welcome, welcome, Mother Ducker. Well, thank you, Bunky. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm proud of you for all you've done. <laughs> thank you. That means a lot to me. Uh, you started such a... I mean, we're just getting started here, just getting the word out about what cartoon animals have had to endure in this business. Oh, I know, I know. A lot it's... of people don't even know about this. They think that humans voice all the animal parts. No. <laughs> all no, the animal true. parts in these cartoons, as though it would be worth it to train humans to learn the lines, to pay them to rehearse. Right. And the benef for the benefit of uh, listeners who don't know, the cartoon company has determined uh, decades ago that it was far more economical to surgically implant segments from the speech center of the brain into young animals. Right. Glued in there with some stem cells for good measure, yeah. of course. Yeah. And bingo, bango, you get a... You get a cute talking yeah. animal. So you had the operation... And it was... Spectrumopolis paid for it, and, well, it was successful. I was cute, and they signed me as soon as I was reading stories to my animated likeness. And the show was an immediate hit. It, it was, with all demographics, not just kids, 17 seasons. A huge success, ma massive success, which led you to, I would say, branch out. Is that fair? Well, I wanted to grow artistically, so I switched agents. And Well, I tried to switch agents, but the company fought me. The studio, humans pretend to be so nice, but they, they fought me. I mean, 17 years. That was 17 seasons. years. Well, not 17 years. We taped the dialogue over a few weeks. My life expectancy is only 10 years, so... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't... Well, anyway, my new agent was stringing me along, indulging me, and eventually he allowed me to tape a pilot for a new character I had developed with a writer friend. And that was 
Machine Gun Doris, the Duckasaurus. Now, fair to say that was... Well, it, that it was, was a failure, Bunford. You see, the character was developed for me to play with my angry side. Like like you, I was angry at that point in my career, and I was... Well, well of course. I mean, humans just just, just it, do that. It, it's true. They pretend to be so civilized, you know, with all these rules, no biting. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we're not... We're animals. That's how we communicate. And you're in a meeting with me after five seasons, and you tell me there's no residuals? You, you expect me to not bite you? <laughs> I bit my agent. Well, well, good for you. The humans, you know, they, they pretend to be so caring and liberal, but in the end, they always get their way. Try to ask for mollusks at the craft table, they'll shut you down. And anyway, I became angry, so I directed that anger into machine Gondoris, who was also a duck, a character. Yes, your uh, viewers were confused because she was a duck. But she, was, she was addicted to armed robbery. She was a duck who robbed banks. Uh, I think we have a clip, actually. Get down! All of you, get down! Ah! I, didn't, I didn't think you were going to play that. Anyway, it didn't get picked up. The clip got leaked out, and the parent company accused me of leaking it, and the series got canceled, even though we had 12 seasons in the can. I'm, I'm sorry. And actually, you know, it was liberating. I tried something new, and then I knew there was time to try something I always wanted to try, a new challenge, the stage. Oh, oh wow. I had developed a one-duck stage adaptation, a biographical monologue of the life of Golda Meir. Prime Minister of Israel, right. Now, I understand through uh, that production... Well, we, we had problems. We couldn't find a producer, and when we did, they wanted me to do Amelia Earhart because, well, I guess that may have been funny to them. And then the rewrites got screwed up, and the writer thought it was Indira Gandhi. It, it, it became sort of a... Hmm, Prime Minister of India... Exactly, yes. And then uh, they left it all in with the air hotlines. I mean, it was just a big mess. There's that YouTube channel where they read the reviews of the play, right? The famous one was, So Bad Good It's Good Bad. Well, it was a disaster. There wasn't enough time for me to properly rehearse. No. I guess you started to sing... Amelia's song, I Can Fly, I Can Fly. Right. I had my Indira Gandhi outfit on, and the stage said Golda above it. Now, this review says, even the abject racism here is way down the list of problems. Well, yes, it's true. Yeah. Okay, but you survived, and what are you working on these days? Well, I'm back where I started now, floating in whatever pond will have me and quacking for crackers, singing Itsy Bitsy Spider, promoting my book, and... Oh, yes. Uh, Cracker Quacking, the story of Mother Ducker. And so you're touring to promote it? I'm touring? Well, I'm flying from town to town on my own, just performing in parks, really, for crackers. Amazon won't carry the book. Folks, be sure to pick up Cracker Quacking at... On, uh, well, are you selling it at shows? It's too heavy to fly with. Okay. Well, good luck all the same. Well, thank you. So the scrap metal men don't show you any respect, eh? Yarr, it be because I'm a soprano. Can't hit the low notes in them shanties. Typical. Say, I be looking for an apprentice to help me out with the heavy lifting. You happen to know any likely young lasses in need of a new career? No. But I'll ask around. Yar, thank you kindly. Goodbye. Well, I'll be. 
Hello, I'm Jean-Marc, Super Rock, DJ of the future. I'm actually coming to you from the future, from the Francoplasm 10,000 Demil Super Rock, to tell you about the best rock of the future, as well as the best shows and super concerts too. However, since I am traveling time, you will have to excuse me as I am broadcasting a show right now in the 1980s Radio Pirate. So please, give me a second, please. <clears throat> C'est Jean-Marc Super Rock Classic Rock 92.5. 87. Yeah! So, are you wanting to hear what the best cool rock is from my year? The year of the robot lizard? The year 10,000? Well, here it is. It's the hard rock. Yes, the kids even have the ability to explode themselves into trillions of cells and reconstitute themselves back together in seconds. Kaboom! Micro-un-nuclear. They do this for the intensity. And do the parents like it? No way! But they do it anyway! Super Rock 92 Current Dis! Now, what shows do they like in my year? Only the coolest ones! We have a show, it's like Seinfeld, very sarcastic. Only, sometimes they take their shoes off and play with their feet. Haha! <laughs> Here we go with laughter and Super Rock! We have serious academic shows, and the professors stop and tickle each other. Or they have a dance. Or they make a sound like a big truck. Vroom, vroom. Lots of monkeys, and they even have the hard rock. 55 Les Super Rock. Les Singes. Mon Dieu. Super. Cucu. Naked people and seagulls doing big revenge. Oh my! 63 Super! And the sex noises they have with an old car horn sound also! Ha Nothing works right, but it's all good for a laugh, Sebo! 32 MU Super Rock! See you next time! Thank you for listening to the Middle-Aged Candy Store produced by The Gathering. The Bunkford Report, written and performed by Donnie Febbleston. French classic rock DJ, written by Donnie Febbleston, performed by Chris O'Bray. Songs by Forget the Whale, I Know Where You've Been, and Another Trick Up My Sleeve. As per Creative Commons licensing from the Free Music Archive. Intro and Interstitial, written by Kristen Mueller-Heeslip, and performed by Karen Loomer, Michael Giel, and Kristen Mueller-Heeslip. Cover art by Amanda Madalanis. The Middle-Aged Candy Store is a proud member of the We're Still Cool Podcast Network. Theme music by Donnie Febbleston, performed by Donnie and Linda Febbleston. Come in for a spell, there's care.